0: You're listening to sermons from Crossroads Community Church. You can find out more information about Crossroads by visiting our website at crossroads.cc or by visiting us on Sunday mornings at 1420 Lakeside Drive in Yorktown, Virginia. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome. So glad you're here with us uh, in the building. If you're online, thanks for joining us too. My name is Aaron. I'm the pastor here at Crossroads, and I'd love to meet you today. Uh, so make sure you come by and say hi. We'll, I'll be out at guest services and would love to talk to you. Uh, also be in prayer for our Nicaragua team. There are, uh, most of them are in Nicaragua. We have a team of 24 uh, that are there right now. Uh, some of them are still on their way, had some struggles getting there, but they're almost there. By this afternoon, they should all be there, so continue to pray for them. And one other quick announcement, Uh, next Sunday, I mentioned this last week as well, but this coming Sunday, July 2nd, it's July 4th weekend, so we we do not have services here in the morning. We don't have services online or in person. Instead, we're meeting together in the evening, and we're going to worship together outside. Okay, so come at 6 o'clock, and... Bring your food, bring a chair, bring a blanket. Uh, Come and enjoy some time with us from 6 to 7.30. We'll just kind of be hanging outside there. We've got some games for you. We've got some really cool stuff for the kids. Uh, Something that we ordered a couple weeks ago that the kids are going to love. And for us who uh, who are a little older, it's something that was probably your favorite thing to do in school. We won't tell you what it is though. Something for the kids to play with. That's a little clue. Um, and uh, they're going to have a good time. So from 6 to 7.30, we'll be hanging out there, eating and playing games and stuff, and then at 7.30, we'll worship outside right there. So join us for that. Uh, if it rains, we're going to meet here at 7.30 and worship inside, okay? That's the plan, the rain plan. All right, so uh, we're in a series called These Three Remain, and it comes from a very famous Bible verse, 1 Corinthians thirteen thirteen. Many of you probably know the verse. We started memorizing it last week, so let's look at it again today. Our church is memorizing this together. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. All right, so let's take it off the screen and see what you can do with it now. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. All right, good job, guys. Uh, we're also praying together this prayer. As a church in unity, Lord, help people see your love in me and through me. So be praying that, that God would see, people would see uh, God's love in us and through us everywhere that we are. All right, so these three remain. First uh, Corinthians 13, I talked about last week, is a chapter that has a mistaken identity, okay? It's known as the what chapter, you know what it is? The love chapter. You. Uh, you've probably heard it at weddings. Many of you probably had it read at your weddings or, or somebody uh, made the message built around it. How many of you had 1 Corinthians 13 in your wedding? A bunch of you, yes. Uh, you see it on Valentine's Day cards. You, uh, if you went into Hobby Lobby, it would be plastered everywhere on everything. Uh, and so it's, it's definitely one of those chapters that we know as the love chapter, but it's a chapter that has a mistaken identity because Paul wrote this chapter and wrote this letter first Corinthians to a church that was really struggling in fact uh, he had been at that church for a good time like a year and a half He, he he loved that church spent time there and then he went Paul went off to start some other churches and he gets word back that things in that church aren't going too well here's some of the things that were going on there was division disunity uh, people were sleeping around with each other. The worship services were crazy and disorderly. People were screaming over top of each other and interrupting each other. They were arguing about spiritual gifts and saying that their gift was better than someone else's gift or showing off their gift or looking down on others. They were pushing up uh, to the front of the line when they would do Lord's Supper together. So some people were eating it like it was a meal. So uh, someone would go up and... and, and uh, To to go to the table to take a drink of the cup and there would be nothing left while others were drunk because they drank so much of it. Um, And so it was just really a mess in that church. And so Paul, when he writes this letter and writes even 1 Corinthians 13, um, he is, um, he's not real happy when he writes what we know of as the love chapter. Okay, so once we know that in context, then we hear it a little different. We read it a little different. We understand it a little different. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 13. Read the whole chapter here. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the mystery of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled, and where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Notice there were three different gifts there that he listed. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put, away, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. So he says there are three or is really talking. He lists three gifts and he says these three or the gifts will they will fade away. Three gifts. And then he says there are three things that remain faith, hope and love. But the greatest of those is love now. I love the word remain here. We talked about that a little bit last week. Remain, when everything else in the world fades away, and it will, there are three things that will continue into eternity. There are three things that are permanent. There are three things that will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. One day, listen, for those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, your faith will turn to sight. You'll see Jesus face to face in heaven. One day, one day, for those of us who have placed our hope in Jesus Christ, when that hope is fully realized in heaven, you will see God face to face, the one who keeps all of his promises about the future. And for those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ and have understood or tried to understand the love of God, when we get to heaven, we will truly, fully understand the love of God, and I believe it's gonna blow our minds. (laughs) It's going to blow our minds. I don't think that we even have a a fingernails worth of understanding of the love of God, but one day we will because it is the greatest. Love is the greatest. So last week we talked about faith. This week we're going to talk about hope because these remain. Let's find out more about it. So hope, just like faith, a huge word, huge word. Let's spend some time looking at it and I think, I hope that uh, that when we're all done with it, you will have a, a different understanding of a hope than maybe you do right now. So I want to give you three quick things uh, out of uh, Mark chapter 5, if you want to look there. One of my favorite stories in, in God's Word, if you've ever watched The Chosen, anybody ever watched The Chosen? Uh, how about the story of the woman with the issue of blood? Probably my favorite my favorite part of uh, The Chosen so far. So there's three things I wanna pull out of that story related to hope. Number one, hope is born in desperation. Hope is born in desperation. Mark chapter five verse 25 says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. This is where hope is born. It's in the place of desperation. If you you want a miracle, there has to be a problem, right? If you need God to supply, there needs to be a need. If you, to, to fill what is empty, to heal what is broken, to open what is closed. In this story, we find a woman who is in a desperate situation. A woman who had a blood issue that has caused her to bleed for 12 years. It mentions in those 12 years that no one could heal her she had certainly sought healing out she had she had prayed I'm sure she had been to doctors people that said they could heal her were not able to heal her nothing no progress uh, no answers just going to bed at night and waking up the next morning the same then going to bed again and waking up the next morning the same each day her desperation increases Now everything in this woman's life was affected by this blood issue. By Jewish law and Jewish life, there were a lot of things that we don't necessarily think of when we hear about a woman with a blood issue. Number one, it disqualified her from marriage, okay? Uh, It disqualified her from being around people because the laws of ritual purity uh, were that if, because she was considered unclean, if she was around anybody else, they too would be considered unclean. So she was very lonely. She couldn't go to the temple to worship. She couldn't touch members of her family. She couldn't enjoy a normal life. Essentially, she was dead to everyone. And on top of that, it was a physical debilitating issue that she was dealing with. Ancient texts talk about at least 11 different possible cures for such an illness. One of them, uh, people believed that if you would carry the ashes of an ostrich egg in a linen cloth, you could be cured. When you're, when you're desperate for a cure, right, when, when you're, you're long overdue for some kind of relief, yes, we might even consider hollow superstitions, and that's what she did. She was spending all of her money on this, throwing good money at bad options. The Bible says that she was out of money. She had spent all that she had And so when the money finally ran out, that added to the strain of everything that was going on physically and going on in her life. She's desperate, desperate. Each time placing her hope in things that might work and yet they don't work. This is the place where hope is born. Can anybody relate with any of that? I hope so, I know that I can. Would you not agree that the day we live in is desperate? We need the Lord more than ever. Disappointment is the doorway for deeper hope. Some of you have gone through some stuff lately, and you are desperate for God to do something, and you're hanging on to this hope I hear about it all the time, marriages that are struggling, addictions, relationship struggles, job loss, medical diagnosis, financial loss, feeling like you're far from God, and all I can tell you is that when you have a need that you can't meet, and when you have a need that the doctor can't meet, and you have a need that the education system can't meet, you can place your hope in Jesus Christ. You can. He's the only one that we can put our hope in. So when we say that, we're saying, I don't know where I'm gonna turn, I don't know how this is going to turn out, I don't know how it's gonna work out, but I'm gonna place my hope in God. Do you have a desperate situation today in front of you? If you do, it's an opportunity for hope. Number two, hope is confidence in the promises of God. Hope is confidence in the promises of God. Verse 27 says, When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. What kind of faith? Twelve years in on this issue... She hears that, that Jesus is coming to the area, that if she, can, if she can get in his path in some way, if she can get close enough to him just to, just to touch him, just to touch the edge of his clothing, to just put her fingers on his robe, she says, I will be healed. I will be healed. And she does. She, she fights through the crowd. She, She's weak, she's pushed aside, she's probably slower than everyone else, and she reaches out her hand and her fingers, her hand brushes the robe of Jesus. She couldn't throw herself at Jesus. She couldn't throw herself at his feet. She couldn't state her issue, her her modesty, her humility, her condition, the pressure of the crowd, the law, all of that made it impossible for her to even do this. It was risky risky. (laughs) To touch Jesus, she had to touch people. To touch Jesus, she had to go through a crowd. To touch Jesus, she had to take the risk of being recognized or being rebuked in some way, but yet she pushes past all of that. What choice does she have, right? She's broke. She doesn't have any clout. She doesn't have any friends. She doesn't have any solutions. All she has is hope that if she can touch the robe of Jesus, it will heal her. Now, this is where we need to make a distinction between the hope that we understand and hope in the Bible, because they're two very different things. The hope of 1 Corinthians 13, 13 is very different probably than the hope that, the the way that you think of hope, or the way that you understand hope, or the way that I understand hope. It's very different, very different. Hope is this for us, it's a desire for something good in the future, I, I hope that I can go on vacation this year. I, I hope that it doesn't rain on Wednesday night when we're trying to do baptism. <laughs> I hope that I can go to Dairy Queen today after church. Well, that one's going to happen, okay? so I'm, I drove by myself, and we're going to make that happen. All right? <laughs> I, I, I hope that there isn't a long line at Bush Gardens for that, that roller coaster I really want to ride, right? I hope that the scan comes back clear. I hope that the chemo treatment actually works. Now, in the English language, hope conveys, actually conveys uncertainty or doubt or the possibility that it's not going to happen. So we say, in English, we say, I hope to go on vacation this year because we know that there's a chance we might not go on vacation this year. I, I, I hope that it doesn't rain on Wednesday night because we've looked at the weather report and it's like a 50% chance of rain. So I hope it doesn't rain. Dairy Queen, we've already talked about that. I hope there isn't a long line at Bush Gardens because there's a chance there's gonna be a long line at Bush Gardens. I hope that the scan comes back clear because you know there's a chance that the scan might not come back clear. Or I hope that the chemo works because you know that there's a hope that or a chance that, the, that chemo's not going to, to work. Do you understand this? So in English, when we express hope, the expression of hope in reality is uncertainty uh, rather than certainty. But that's not the biblical meaning of hope. Doubt is not a part of the hope of the Bible or the hope that we see in 1 Corinthians 13. Bible hope is confident. Bible hope is confident expectation. It's assurance. It's based on a sure foundation. It's full confidence. It's, in other words, it's there is no doubt about it. Remember Hebrews 11, verse 1 from last week. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Therefore, Bible hope is a reality, not a feeling. Bible hope carries no doubt. Bible hope is believing that God always keeps his promises. You can take that to the bank, okay? We can put, I'm telling you, you can put your full hope and confidence in the promises of God with zero doubt, zero doubt. Let me give you a few of them, that he will never leave you or forsake you. That in this world you will have troubles, but take heart, he has overcome the world. He said, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. That those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not faint. That Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, and by his wounds we are healed. That in all things God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That if you lack wisdom, all you need to do is ask, and God will generously give it to you. That if you submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee from you that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that you are loved, that God so loved you that he gave his one and only son. And if you'll believe in him, you'll have eternal life. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for my shepherd is with me. That when we are face to face with Jesus, that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. That Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And that those who believe in him, though they die, they will live. And he that lives and believes in me will never die. You can take those things to the bank. God's promises. Put your full hope and confidence in them, no doubt about it. Now sometimes, and I hope that we get to ask this question to people on Wednesday night when we're walking around at the beach, Um, maybe a question you need to think about today. If someone says to you, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And if your answer to that is, I hope so. I'm here to tell you right now, you can know so. You can know so. Because hope has a name, number three, and his name is Jesus. Hope has a name and his name is Jesus. Look how the story ends here, verse 29. Let's read it through to the end. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? the woman who had endured suffering and failed medical treatment and loneliness and shame, all of that is now left to the imagination. Where everyone else failed her, Jesus succeeded. This long-standing issue was healed immediately and she is now free of her suffering. You know, we might go to the doctor in this week or, or, or week after, or maybe you know somebody who's been to the doctor recently and the doctor says to them, if you would have only come sooner, we might have been able to help you. But aren't you thankful that Jesus, we can come to him late and he can still heal our hearts? I'm thankful for that. So Jesus feels this power come out of him. It says, And he asked the question, who touched me? And they said, Jesus, basically who hasn't touched you? It's crowded, everyone's pressing in on you. And Jesus knows that there's something else going on and he locks eyes with this woman and she falls at his feet and she trembles in front of him and she tells him the whole truth. And Jesus calls her daughter. I'm sure that meant a lot. I'm sure she had been called a lot of things in her life jesus called her daughter and it was tender and it was just what she needed in that moment and it spoke right to her heart he commends her for her faith and tells her to go in peace free of suffering there is only one who we can put our hope in jesus and hope has a name and his name is jesus jesus was her hope that day jesus is my only hope is jesus your hope is he your only hope place your faith in him. Place your hope in him. Believe that he died for you, that he died for your sins, that he rose from the the dead. Be certain in the promises of the Bible. They are true, and you can be confident in them. These three remain, it says. Faith remains. Hope remains. Love remains. Everything else fades away. As the worship team comes now, will you Pray with me. Oh Lord, this morning many of us in the room, we need to put our hope in you, Jesus. The, the name above every other name. We need to trust in your promises. We, we come in, in desperation, the place where hope is born, and we, we trust in your promises found in your word And there are those in the room that, for sure, aren't quite sure that they can trust it, aren't quite sure that they can put their hope in your promises, in you, Jesus. And if that's you this morning, would you just, in in your imagination, would you just reach out your hand as if Jesus is passing by, just reach out your hand and just let your fingers brush against the robe of Jesus, our only hope. Hear him say to you, son, daughter, and tell him that he's your only hope. And this morning if you were asked if you were going to heaven and your answer was, I hope so, let's make that right today because you can know. If you would just pray and ask, you know just tell tell jesus that you you're placing your hope in him your faith in him that everything around you has failed you're desperate what more desperate place to be than full of sin and nowhere to turn and yet there's jesus grab a hold of his garment today tell him that you believe that he died for your sins Tell him that you believe that he loves you. Tell him that you believe that he rose from the dead. Tell him that you're putting all of your hope in him. Knowing that he so loved you. God so loved you that he gave his only son, Jesus, where our only hope is. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, another promise you can bank your life on, eternal life. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Our hope's in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Crossroads Community Church. If this message was meaningful to your life, please let us know by sending an email to office at crossroads.cc. You can also watch our services live every Sunday at 9.30 and 11 a.m. or visit our campus in Yorktown, Virginia. If you would like to connect with us, fill out our Connect card by the link in our podcast description. We hope you have a blessed week, and we can't wait for you to listen again soon.